0: Welcome to PhD with Woman on it, Hack the Future. My name is Beata Young, and today's PhD, positivity hacks delivered, will be by our guest, Sohalia Diab. Topic AI for good, leveraging technology to solve real world problems. Episode 119 starts here. Let me remind you, this is a grassroots community that focuses on Women on IT, an inclusive forum of women in technology, startups, and female leaders who are supported by men as well. And I bring heart Mm -hmm. to that hustle because empathy is my module. And empathy is critical when you are leveraging technology to solve real world problems. Before we start, Introducing our lovely guest and chatting about the great ways technology can help you. Uh, let me just say kudos to the CEO of Global Blockchain Business Council, Sandra Raw, on her remarkable keynote speech at Bermuda's Tech Summit in 2023. We wish you all the best. Congratulations also to Paulette Watson, founder and managing director of Academy Achievers, on completing her book, She Disrupts, which provides valuable insights on the status of industries and the inclusion of black women and girls. Well done, Paulette. We can't wait to read your book and invite you to our PhD. Now, let's go back to our topic, AI for good, leveraging technology to solve real-world problems. In a rapidly evolving digital landscape, embracing AI goes beyond merely enhancing convenience or efficiency. Artificial intelligence has the power to address global challenges and transform lives. Our guest Sohalia Diab, a senior computer science student specializing in AI at Cairo University, is a seasoned data scientist currently interning with the digitalization team at PNG. In this episode, Sohalia shares her insights on how AI can be harnessed to address pressing real world issues, from sustainability to healthcare. She will show us how AI can be a driving force for positive change. As always, we encourage you to speak to us, ask a question, reach out to us during or after our live stream. So, Sohalia, where in the world are you joining us from?
1: Hello, Beata. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here with you. Uh, I'm currently in Egypt, specifically in Cairo.
0: Excellent. What's the weather like with you?
1: Uh, It's kind of, sometimes it's uh, pretty hot, sometimes at night it's very cold, but at the moment it's uh, it's
0: pretty good. (laughs) Well, beautiful uh, location of uh, Egypt and beautiful, we know that there's been so many great uh, developments and uh, uh, culture, Um, developments and also we know that Egypt is thriving when it comes to technology so hopefully we will learn more from you because we didn't have that many guests from your part of the world and I just wanted to ask you remind our viewers how we met first. So we actually met through
1: uh, Women Techmakers uh it's like a community made by google where we uh, aim to help uh, not just women but basically anyone in the field of tech uh, by doing events talks like this one and uh, basically just doing anything to help people get into tech and uh, we actually met through the introductory talk uh, introductory uh, stream at women tech Uh, We met through there, we've had like a small chat, and uh, uh, after that, I learned about the uh, PhD and uh, Positivity Hack Delivered, and uh, I've been watching it since then, and it's very exciting to be here with you and uh, being, at uh, talking here at PhD.
0: Well, I'm very grateful, Sohalia, because uh, you were one of the few ladies who uh, responded and wanted to appear on the program because uh, many of our ladies from Women Techmakers, hello, if you're watching us, um, were not feeling confident enough to speak up or speak during uh, this kind of uh, venue or this kind of... uh, Mm, stream. Uh, So I'm really grateful and kudos to you, Sohalia, for being on the show. We have greetings from Jane. Hello, Beata and Sohalia. Looking forward for today's topic. Well, we are looking forward to hear your questions, Jane. And Natalie says, good evening, Beata and Sohalia. Thank you, Natalie, lovely to see you too. So um, we want to talk about AI for good. I know that you have some projects on mind when you are talking about uh, solving the global uh, issues. Uh, However, I wanted to ask you what kind of work you are doing during your internship uh, by bringing digitization in the corporate world?
1: So, uh, being at PNG, I've come into contact with how uh, FMCG companies work and the uh, manufacturing part. Since I work mostly like in the manufacturing plant, so uh, I've been introduced to that business and generally uh, how AI is used. It's um, it's quite new. AI is quite new, and uh, especially to huge corporates in the manufacturing world. So uh, what I work on is basically uh, <clears throat> introducing uh, not just AI, just the like digitization, making data more uh, understandable. Not just having you know just data without information being uh, working on things like dashboards to uh, help the upper management make more uh, more data-driven decisions. Since uh, data right now is very important. We have lots and lots of data, uh, not just in uh, in the manufacturing world, just everywhere. We have so much data, and uh, we need to learn how to leverage that data to be able to make decisions and drive uh, drive decisions. So this is basically what most uh, companies are heading towards, to uh, use that data to uh, make decisions, to uh, get a clear view of how, their is going of how their KPIs are doing, and uh, also just for forecasting. For example, they want to predict how they're going to do maybe in the next year, uh, maybe next month. So uh, this is what I'm doing. Uh, if I had to sum it up, it's basically uh, <clears throat> easing easing the access of data to uh, to not just the managers as well to uh, people working on the lines uh reading dashboards and and so on
0: fantastic well uh i guess it uh, leaves our audience to know how you secured that internship
1: so uh actually secured it by <laughs> applying to the um uh, to the uh, png career site um uh, and I have went through a couple of rounds of interviews, three rounds of interviews. And uh, um, so during this internship, actually PNG also focus, focuses a lot on not just your technical skills, on how you are as a person and uh, how you're able to learn. So uh, this is something that, um, that I've tried to focus on a lot uh, during my interviews. And, uh, And yeah, uh, securing it, I've actually had a couple of uh, uh, internships as well and offers and uh, basically to get an internship, you would need to keep applying. You need to be uh, you need to be resilient. Uh, Obviously, I've got a lot of rejection letters uh, before that, and that's all right. You just need to keep going. It's just how it is. And um, you need to think of how you can improve your. Like maybe if you're getting rejection letters, you need to think, okay, how can I uh, improve my resume? What am I missing? And uh, yeah, it's not just uh, it's not something that happens uh, suddenly. It's uh, a lot of rejections, a lot of uh, nights practicing the uh, interviews, uh, a lot of nights practicing my uh, not just coding skills also, but my soft skills and working on them
0: and uh, so on. Yeah. So, in other words, you had to gather um, a lot of data about how to get the job, how to secure the job, how to do well during the interviews, and then apply your human intelligence to get to where you are. Uh, Jokes aside, I wanted to ask you how do you see AI um, can solve problems? Why do you see the huge potential and, and with ai so ai there's a lot of
1: room for ai ai is uh, we're actually surprisingly we still at the first uh, parts of ai we're still not really uh, really the world isn't really that deep into ai there's still a lot of room for improvement but uh, there are so many things ai can help with and uh AI is a tool that can help us. It's not something that can uh, replace what we do. It's something. that's a tool that could help us. And uh, I actually see AI helping in almost all of the industries. It's it has potential in all of the industries, whether it's healthcare, uh, manufacturing, uh, arts. It also helps in creativity. It's basically it helps in all of the uh, uh, all of the industries and. Uh, What we need to know is how to leverage it and how to use it as a tool and um, the thought that's been going on for a bit is that uh, ai is going to uh, replace uh, uh, human jobs and uh, replace what we do and uh, while i agree it will uh, some jobs uh, could be replaced by ai like um i think about it's by 2025, about 8 million jobs will be replaced by AI. However, there will be 9 million jobs that will be created due to AI. So um, the most important thing is to uh, leverage AI because it, can, it has the potential to help us in so many things and in almost all of the industries. And we need to be open to embrace it and use it to help us. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, um, I believe there are some tools that anybody can use, you don't need technical background. Uh, can you give us some examples? What are the tools that, uh, let's say, a student could uh, use for their uh, learning, for their studying? So, we've all heard,
1: obviously, about chat uh, GPT. It's something I also personally use. Uh, to help me either with uh, getting understanding concepts more clear, helping me with uh, uh, understanding some code. So ChatGPT has a lot of uses, Uh, not just for students, almost anyone. You could ask it to uh, simplify some uh, concepts that you don't understand. You could ask it to, uh, you know, some basic things. You can even ask it to create like a vacation plan for you. Uh, this is something that I've seen some people do. You can uh, tell it, for example, uh, I have a, uh, I'm going on a one week vacation to Turkey, Write uh, me a a plan for that vacation and it actually gives you a very specific plan. And uh, this is something that we could use it for. And um, as for students, they could use it also to learn some, uh, improve their languages. They could use it as like kind of like a chabot, something to, uh, chat with and uh, you know have a conversation with to improve their English and their typing. And uh, also for coding, uh, debugging code, you have an error uh, in the code that you don't quite understand or you're trying to understand. You could ask uh, ChatGPT to help you. And uh, it's also not just ChatGPT. there are some uh, some other applications that can help you, something like Duolingo. Uh, it could help you with the languages. It could uh, listen sometimes to your pronunciation. Uh, uh, this is a uh, language learning app that uh, also uses AI. And um, there are many other apps as well that you could use. There are also apps that you could use to uh, track your health, uh, and uh, you know the smartwatches. Uh, they also track your health, uh, check your health, and uses AI. So AI can also be used in the health part. Adding to that, there is also it could help you with math, something that I've (laughs) used sometimes as a a website. If I remember correctly, it's called Wolfram Alpha. Um, You could take a picture. uh, There's an application that you can take a picture of the, the math equation that you're trying to solve, and it helps you solve it with the steps. And um, this was actually very helpful to understand, because sometimes you don't really find the answers that you need online. Sometimes it takes a lot of time to search. Uh, so it can be used to save a lot of time. It could also be used to save um, a lot of explanations. Um, another thing, one more thing actually, is it could help you actually with interviews. Uh, there is something called interview warmup, which is made by Google. Uh, it could help you uh, practice your interviews it's actually a website that you um, it has some questions for example introduce yourself and uh, you will actually talk with your voice uh, introducing yourself and it understands what you're saying and it gives um, it gives feedback for you and uh, tries to like segment what stuff you need to focus on what stuff you've nailed So uh, it could actually also help you with your interviews. And there are so, so many endless things uh, AI could help you with. Uh, We just need to be able to uh, embrace it and use it to help us with our uh,
0: tasks. Fantastic. Well, I uh, I hope we can follow through with some of the links here. Um, we will plaster them and I'm sure you can also reach out to me or Sohalia Diab and after the show, we can direct you to these useful tools. So, um, Sohalia, I, I wanted to ask you about the AI for good in terms of you know chat gpt everybody knows pretty much if you're uh, doing some social media um, content it's very useful if you're doing your resume it's resume uh, it's very useful or even a thesis it's also can replace a lot of uh, human intelligence um however what are the projects that could inspire you um, or, or our viewers uh, or our listeners uh, the projects that have got a great potential in the future in terms of artificial intelligence
1: uh projects maybe related to like um <clears throat> how solving environmental problems perhaps absolutely um, uh so there are actually um a lot of areas where you can apply um ai and uh, very very crucial areas something like um, disaster uh, prediction uh an issue that you've all everyone obviously noticed is sometimes there are unexpected unexpected floods that happen uh sometimes there are earthquakes that happen and um we're not always prepared for that we don't know it just happens so suddenly and sometimes you do know about like um, using things like satellites and the traditional methods but sometimes it's a bit too late and uh, AI could actually help us with this AI could uh, use the data of uh, like the ongoing environmental data and your spatial data to be able to predict if there is a uh, if there's an earthquake if there's a flood so it could help with the environmental uh, uh, damage or, uh, or or environmental disaster. So this is actually something that I feel that it's very very important and that we we need. And uh, uh, Google actually has been uh, working on that. Uh, it's been working on uh, flood prediction, and um, it basically uses AI to forecast if a flood will happen uh, up to seven days before it happens and um, this is applied if i'm correct it's applied in india and bangladesh and it's uh, it uses models that predict for example it looks at the data of the uh, of the water flowing in the river and it also looks at the uh, what areas will be affected and uh, what's the water level will be and it uses that to alert people uh, of the of the disaster so this helps the government, this helps the the first aid take some precautions, people will know about that, they'll know when to evacuate, they'll know that they need to uh, get their safety kit and all of that. So uh, this is very helpful in the, uh, to be able to help us, you know, uh, uh, avoid these natural disasters. And uh, yeah, this is one of the very important things.
0: Abiata, I think your voice is uh, not here. uh, I am muted. I'm sorry about that. (laughs) Uh, Clearly, I am not uh, on autopilot. I'm not using AI to help me chat to you today. Uh, However... I wanted to uh, greet some of our viewers. We have Mary who says, hello, ladies. Interesting topic tonight. Looking forward to learning more about AI from Sohalia. Indeed, Mary, thank you very much. Uh, You can ask your questions regarding AI. And we have a question from Olga Vasina. Fascinating discussion, Sohalia. What sorts of jobs is AI likely to create? So there are actually m- many
1: jobs that I could create. Uh, something that's uh, pretty new is uh, data scientists. Um, how to data scientists basically uh, learn how to use the data to help the business? And uh, this is a rising job with AI. Um, machine learning engineers and AI engineers, they work on building AI systems and um, Something that I feel like it will be very important soon is uh, people working on the ethical side of AI, uh, ethical AI specialists. Because, uh, as you know, there are many ethical concerns with AI. So, we need people to address these concerns. So, uh, I believe that there could be jobs related to that. And um, there are many, uh, many jobs that's going to open, creating a lot of jobs, something like. People creating, automate it's going to open also automation jobs, how to use AI to automate the tasks. There need to be people that, to do that, there needs to be people that automate tasks. And um, yeah, so these are the jobs that it could uh, create, uh, some of the jobs that it create. And um, it's actually going to help with other jobs as well. It's not just going to create jobs, it's going to help with jobs. Like, uh, it's going to help, for example, uh, doctors. It's going to help them uh, create a diagnosis. Um, AI could help with that. It's going to help with uh, digital marketing. Uh, It's going to help people be more productive. So uh, they're going to
0: produce better output.
1: And, uh, yeah, there are many things that's going to help
0: with. Absolutely. And uh, I already uh, am using some of the functions of AI ai especially automation is very useful and uh well with google um gmail uh we know that it's also very useful it can fill in some forms for you and much faster um now sohalia um we know that you're working on the projects at your company uh Is it difficult to change the mindset of those people who were always using, let's face it, I don't know, some very old-fashioned style uh, technology and they are not going to give in? Um, How do you convince them? What is the process of moving from the old school to the new school?
1: So actually, I feel like this is something with many, many companies, especially the uh, the companies that were built, like uh, founded a long time ago, is that they already have a system and uh, the system that they're working with, and um, you know the system is working. So uh, they think, why do I need to, why do I need to change it? And um, the way to convince them is basically you need to. Uh, Talk, talk in their language. Uh, if you keep mentioning AI, 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 they don't they won't know what the benefit is. You need to tell them what, how is it going to help the company? What what savings is it going to create? What's the loss that it's going to create? Uh, what's the loss is going to help with? And um, this is how basically I think you need to do. Uh, you need to uh, maybe work on creating a presentation that explains. Uh, how ai could be leveraged to uh, to help them and what are the savings that they're gonna make if they use this thing and um, and actually people are pretty scared of ai because ai is pretty unpredictable at the moment sometimes and especially also security concerns so this is something that um it should be taken step by step um like for example it's Uh, It's not allowed in many companies, if if not most of them, that for ChatGPT to be used, uh, used as in using the company data in ChatGPT. So this is a security concern, and this is something that people are still working on. Sometimes some companies actually create like uh, internal, uh, internal GPT applications for the for the certain company. So. so these are basically the things that uh, people are are afraid of, the, the security reasons, and uh, how is it going to benefit the company. So what you need to focus on is trying to show the uh, your managers or people, your colleagues, how AI will help. How are they going to help them in what they are doing?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, uh, we've heard about the bias, uh, which is a quite a big threat, especially for minorities, because, uh, for example, uh, given the fact that there is are um, many developments but not enough data, quite often data is being tested on white males. Whereas in order to have the broader um, uh, you know, data. You need to have more people involved and more uh, founders of AI applications involved. Um, so, also the other thing is, I think um, we've we've seen and we've heard of many governments afraid of AI. Why do you think there is a threat in terms of governmental or or you know issues for? Uh, some countries
1: So what you said it's uh, very true there's a lot of bias in AI um, there are some uh, you know data that's available for some certain group of people that's not available for the others and this is uh, something that I've also some trouble that I've been I've been facing with the project some projects I've been working on like for example finding data sets in English but not in arabic so um, this is something that uh, we actually need to work on to find more data and uh, eth- uh, it, it's, it poses a huge problem especially a lot of ethical questions arises and uh, like you said this is why a lot of governments are afraid of that because um, it can make a lot of biased decisions if it's trained on like you said some uh, uh white males and uh, it's not trained on females how how are we gonna make decisions based on that it's not reliable uh a biased model is basically a very bad model it's not it's not reliable it's uh, i feel that it's better to use a model with a uh, or an ai model basically with a a lower accuracy than a model that has a very high accuracy, but towards a certain peop- a certain uh, group of people. And uh, this is ha- this has a lot of room for improvement. Uh, there are a lot of talks about how uh, how we can improve these, uh, these data sets. And a lot of people are trying to uh, collect more data sets. And uh, there is actually a paper that I've uh, been reading recently um, it was uh, a paper by uh, by Google it's called uh, Translator on, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, three, and uh, one of the one of the interesting things that I found in it it's that uh, it addresses the lack of uh, data for it's basically works on languages so there are some languages that don't really have a lot of data for them so this is an issue so. What this paper proposes is uh, how can I uh, train my model using uh, a certain data and then trying to uh, tweak it basically to help with the uh, to help with the other data. So this is a, something that a lot of companies are work are working on, and it's something that I'm also uh, looking forward to understand more about. Uh, it's a paper that I've read recently, and uh, uh, it's something that companies like Google are also struggling with, uh, lang- especially in languages. Uh, as you can see, sometimes translations are better in one language, but very terrible in others. So this paper uh, addresses that. And it's a continuous um, area of development. Uh, we're trying to find more ways. How can we face that issue? How can we build... Uh, Algorithms and models that can uh, overcome this issue that uh, can work on smaller uh, sets of data like something that uh, that can be done is training a model on basically like maybe uh, a group of people, which is, uh, which have a huge amount of data and then taking that model and tweaking it a bit with uh, a smaller set of data of the other group. So um, this could be one of the uh, things to do and uh, there's a lot of research going around that area.
0: It's really uh, fascinating. You mentioned the um, AI with uh, a project with uh, AI bias and I can think of one uh, great project which had a huge accuracy. It had about 93% 93% of accuracy um, when it comes to face recognition. But if you went deep down into the specifics, it turned out that accuracy for white males was very high, whereas for the darker the skin color was, uh, the more female features, it was uh, less and less accurate, up to like 20 um, down to 20, 30% accuracy. Uh, Now, uh, Soharia, we have another question from Jane. She's actually mentioning it's very interesting. How can, uh, yes, totally agree that it is a concern and threats is a concern. Interesting. How can we ensure that AI is developed ethically? So the
1: most important thing, to ensure that is uh, training it on uh, data from uh, different groups. Uh, it's not just about people. It's also it has many concerns. Uh, for example, uh, if we're doing a uh, flooding uh, forecasting, we're forecasting the flood, uh, we need to get, for example, for working on floods on in India, uh, the data could be different than floods in in the US. There could be different than floods in uh, other countries, uh, maybe uh, floods in Saudi Arabia. Um, So this is something that we need to work on to ensure AI is developed ethically. We need to make sure that uh, the the problem that we're trying to solve is uh, the groups of people that we're trying to help. We need to have the data for them. Uh, but for example, if you're doing a, a model for uh, for people in the U.S. only, it's, this is your target uh, target uh, users or target uh, uh, data. You don't need to get data from uh, people from all around the world. So um, the most important thing is to know what your problem is and uh, who are the people you're addressing and uh, what's the data that you need. And uh, to be able to collect them, to be able to ensure that you're uh, getting data from basically all the groups that uh, that are needed. Like uh, Yata mentioned, the uh, the model, one of the models that have actually been trained on white men. Uh, obviously, we've heard of smartwatches. Uh, in the beginning, some uh, smartwatches were actually trained only on. Uh, on white men so uh, and then they were actually released and um, and then when people with darker skin tones began using it it didn't give accurate results and it was a huge 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 issue and um, and this is on this was one of the eth- uh, ethical problems uh, you didn't take into account the other people that will be using it you didn't take into account that there's another group of people that you'll be using it even though you're selling it to them So uh, they went back. They collected uh, more data of uh, of people from different uh, skin colors, uh, both uh, males and females, and they improved the uh, the model. They added, uh, they changed the model on this data, and uh, uh, they released they released it again. The (laughs) these uh, smartwatches and uh, it was basically better. So we need to work on uh, finding who. Who will you be serving and uh, make sure that you get their data?
0: Well, it's, it's very interesting because basically AI mimics human behavior. And as we know, not all humans uh, behave ethically. So um, it is important to have uh, um, must be it- that ai is fair consistent interpretable transparent and resilient and there is some governance so um is um is it up to one person or is it up to a couple of people who look after ai projects what would be your the ideal solution for for any ai project uh
1: i feel like there's uh I believe there is a lot of people that should be involved in an AI project. For, uh, for example, if we're doing, if we're talking about uh, smart vehicles or, or autonomous vehicles, self-driving cars, we have the AI, the, the developer, and uh, we have the company itself. And obviously, we need uh, we also need people from the government to help with that because. So there are some ethics also with uh, self-driving cars. And this poses, this is still a problem that people are thinking about. Is that, for example, if uh, you're driving and, uh, or actually the car is driving, since it's a self-driving car. And uh, there, it's sure that it will be, there will be an accident because maybe someone, uh, the car was going, the car is doing what it's learned, what it already learned and doing what uh, it has been trained to do. But something unexpected happened and uh, it has an option either to keep going how it was going and crash and uh, injure the person that's inside or swerve. And uh, the person inside will be safe, but some other person in another car will be injured. So um, this poses a question. What? How are we going to do? Who's going to be responsible? So uh, this is something that... Um, A lot of people should be involved in to be able to talk about the rules. There should be rules imposed. Uh, You can't just make a self-driving car and put it on the streets. No, there needs to be uh, um, the the government. The government needs to be involved. To uh, and the uh, the traffic and safety controls need to be involved. The the AI developer needs to be involved. And uh, this is why I believe that there could be a role uh, called AI people, someone that works in the AI ethics part, to be able to uh, make sure that all of these people are on the same page and we're all following what should be, and uh, the AI model or AI solution is doing what it's supposed to be do ethically. So um, it's not just the AI developer that's that's doing the thing, no, because there are also obstacles around them. So there are a lot of people involved in that.
0: Well, uh, we need to also tackle the problem of AI bots uh, who spread fake news. And um, we've seen a couple of uh, people who uh, jump on these news and they repeat that. And it's very difficult because it's got the snowball effect of uh, misinformation. How do we tackle that? Can AI uh, help in navigating and finding these fake news
1: yeah it could actually help Uh, uh, you could have noticed sometimes on things like instagram and facebook sometimes there are bots that post some random stuff uh, try to post controversial stuff and um, this is this is definitely not good and uh, actually you can build an ai model that that faces that, that could detect this. Uh, for example, uh, Instagram sometimes maybe auto-deletes auto some, um, auto deletes some uh, comments from uh, things that, or comments that detects that it could be an AI, so it deletes it. So this is the, uh, something that a lot of social media platforms have been doing. And uh, it's not also just comments, it's also sometimes images. Sometimes people use uh, uh, another person's image and uh, you know tries to manipulate it with AI. And we could actually use an AI to uh, battle that. We could use an AI to detect. This is something called deep fakes. So there's an image that looks very, very real. However, it's made by AI. But, however, some AI could detect that deep fake and be able to tell you, hey, this this is a deep fake. This is not an actual person. This is not made. This is not a real picture. And um, we could use AI to detect such things. And uh, we could use AI to battle AI. So, this is something that could be done because sometimes when, uh, when there's a picture, you can sometimes not tell if this is a real picture, is this. Is this an AI made picture, especially now since AI is evolving all with this generative AI and uh, all these new things? And um, the images just look so real and they look very convincing. So, this poses a huge threat. So, uh, a lot of companies have been working on creating AI to battle AI.
0: Well, uh, th- there would be another threat, though, uh, if we have AI battling AI. How do we stop that battle? When you know we know that uh, one is good, one is bad, but uh, you know sometimes it's the autonomy that can be scary, um, because we need to have some mechanism to stop the battle or some some cont- some element of control um, in terms of. You know, navigating AI to make sure that it doesn't battle the wrong uh, enemies. Uh, we've seen not only images. Actually, today I've seen Johnny Cash. Um, you know, the uh, the '50s singer who was singing "I'm a Barbie Girl." So there is uh, so many you know, um, interesting projects, people speaking uh, during some conference, and uh, that's that's really fascinating how this world evolves. However, I'm mindful of the time passing. So, Hania, uh, I wanted to ask you, how is your university professors, how do they cope with AI-generated uh, work? Can they recognize? <laughs>
1: uh i guess some could uh this is something the ai generated work is uh, pretty new with the rise of uh, generative ai it's something that's new it's something that still poses a threat because we're still working to to over to battle it so uh, i guess yeah some uni- university professors could be doing research uh on on that specific topic but uh i'm actually not aware of uh of um, a uni professor in my university working on that at the moment. There could be, though.
0: Behind the scenes, not telling you, though. (laughs) Probably. Probably. So, um, we talked about accuracy, and um, I think it's it's worth to mention the fact that you cannot solely rely on AI and believe it blindly, uh, right? Because sometimes AI can be wrong do you know any examples yeah actually um ai could you could
1: have like a a model or an ai model that gives you high high accuracy but this accuracy is deceiving because as an example uh we could have a model that predicts uh, if a patient has uh, cancer or not and uh, this model has an accuracy of 90% 90% and well, we could say, oh, this is this is good. 90% is actually considered good. And uh, we could say, OK, yeah, we can go on with that model. But then after we deploy that model, after we put it to life, we find out that an issue that people that actually have cancer, we predict that they do not have cancer. So this is something that happens. And the reason that happens, because sometimes you have data that is uh, skewed like um, as an example, more people don't have cancer uh, there are less people that have cancer uh, than the people that do and so AI could just basically okay yeah, I'm just going to predict that I'm going to predict mostly that he doesn't have cancer so this is very dangerous actually this is this is really dangerous because what if actually someone has a disease and you predict that they don't have the disease? yeah it has a high accuracy but it poses a threat, so not only, we shouldn't only look at accuracy, because uh, like I said, uh, the data that we have could be for a specific disease, but that disease is uh, rare, and most people don't have that disease. So the model just goes, yeah, I'm just I'm gonna predict that person does not have it. And uh, what we need to look on, what we need to what we need to look at as well, is uh, for the people that do have the disease, does the model accurately predict predict that they do, or does the model just assume that they do not? And uh, and yeah, this is something that we should be working on because, like I said, accuracy is very very deceiving, and you need to understand more about uh, what what is it predicting and why is it why is it predicting that? Uh, and you need to look at the different classes that it's predicting. Uh, like I said, someone has a disease and someone does not have a disease. If someone has a disease, uh, is it predicting that he does actually have a disease or is it predicting that he does not? And if someone does not have a disease, is it predicting that he has a disease or is it predicting that he does not have a disease? So um, this yeah, is
0: something... It's like looking at Google when you have some symptoms and you're trying to... Uh, decipher and and find out what's wrong with you and then all of a sudden it suggests that you're dying and uh, you still need to have a doctor visit and don't rely only solely on technology
1: yeah definitely Um,
0: Exactly, so um, we talked about ethical AI, uh, we talked about the risk associated with artificial intelligence, and now I wanted to ask you, Sohalia, are you working on any exciting projects right now? Yeah, so
1: I'm actually uh, working on a a couple of uh, AI-related projects. Uh, One of the uh, projects that I've been working on is... uh, is basically translating uh, uh, your the videos live, translating uh, what you're saying live, and to different languages with the uh, with keeping the tone and keeping the lip sync, because sometimes uh, you could see, for example, if you're watching a movie that's dubbed, and uh, a movie basically maybe it's in Turkish, but you're watching it translated into English but the, the lip syncing is uh, is very inaccurate and the voices seem very off you could definitely tell that this is not the this is this is not the actor speaking so uh, this could uh, help with that and uh, adding to that it uh, it also could help with uh, communication for example if uh, i'm in an online meeting with someone from the other side of the world but we're speaking in different languages we have different accents so there's a language barrier. We don't really understand each other. So um, what I what we could do is use this. Uh, what I what I'm working on is basically having AI translate it, uh, Translate what I'm saying live. Like for example, if I'm talking to someone and uh, uh, someone that only understands Arabic, and I'm talking in English. At a, and uh, for example, uh, if I don't know Arabic, and uh, I'd basically use AI to uh, translate my video. For him uh, in arabic with my voice my tone with my actual lip movement so uh, this could be helpful with the language barriers
0: that's really exciting to hear how much we can uh, go further with ai and as mark zuckerberg says uh, in a world that's changing so quickly the biggest risk you can take is not taking any risks at all. I'm glad uh, that uh, you're taking risks and you're maneuvering your skills um, at work as well as during studies. Um, Now, I wanted to ask you, uh, what is your uh, number one book that you wish you read before you started your career? So
1: uh, I'd actually say it's uh, Atomic Habits by James Clear. I have it right next to me. This one. Um, I believe that uh, it's very important to have habits. Like uh, when I was younger, I, I used to be very spontaneous. I used to be very random. Um, uh, with I used to obviously have some habits, maybe going for uh, swimming practice or squash practice, uh, sometimes studying at night and all of that, but uh, it, wasn't, uh, it wasn't very consistent. And uh, now that uh, I, have, I have more responsibilities, I have more work to do, I realized habits are very, very, very important. And it also not just important to uh, get on with your day. It's important to get things done. You need to have habits in order to uh, be consistent with what you do. You need to have habits to be consistent with your learning. Like for example, if someone wants to uh, learn how to code, you need to have a habit maybe of having an hour a day at a certain time, maybe an hour a day at 6 p.m. Uh, every day at 6 p.m. I'm going to learn, for example, German. So uh, habits are very important. And uh, actually, after uh, reading this book, I uh, I used to have trouble with uh, being consistent with habits. I used to want to do I should make like a table of uh, what I'm going to do for like the whole next day like from 9 to 10 I'm going to do this from 10 to 11 I'm going to do that and but then it just feels so overwhelming it feels like if I miss something out of them I feel I feel very discouraged and uh, I've I've set very high expectations for myself and I don't meet these expectations so I go into a loop of like um okay I'm just going to skip that day and this is not what you're supposed to do and uh, you're actually supposed to have start your habits bit by bit and uh, this is something that the book has taught me this is something that the book has helped me with and helped me realize that uh, habits are huge uh, habits and being consistent with them are very 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 important and in your career in your life uh and also with your your family you need to have a habit with spending time Your with your family need to have habits with having quality time with people that you love and uh, habits are basically very important to uh, organize your day and reach your goals
0: Habits, uh, atom- uh, uh, the book has been mentioned before, I have to tell you. Uh, Atomic Habits uh, has been recommended by uh, some of our um, uh, guests before. Madonna Bois, as I, I recall, also uh, talked about the breaking the bad ones and uh, having an easy and proven way to build good habits and, and uh, make sure that you stick to them now um as eleanor roosevelt once said women are like tea bags we don't know our true strength until we are in hot water so in life how are you in hot water how are you brewing oh this is a very interesting
1: quote (laughs) i really like that one uh it's my first time hearing it actually um uh I'm actually one of the people that uh, learns more <laughs> if I'm thrown into the hot water uh I'm I become more energized I actually I, I enjoy that stress I enjoy that um uh, the being in hot water and being uh being thrown there to learn because it's actually very it's easier to learn when you're you know thrown into something when you're facing difficulties you uh you you don't have any other excuse you you need to learn it like um so i actually it's it's something that i uh i uh, really like and um and yeah i found it uh, i find that as a very big opportunity to learn like uh if I'm thrown into a task that I uh, that I don't know anything about, I'm facing so much difficulty with, with. difficulty with. It's my first time doing it, but uh, it's also at the same time it's exciting because it's an opportunity to learn. And uh, I spend time researching about it to be able to navigate. What am I gonna do? Because uh, I don't have any idea about it. And um, and then i'll try to break Perfect. it up into like smaller tasks and uh, yeah,
0: you relates it. Very well with your other uh, quotation uh because when we ask you to prepare for us some life lesson quote you mentioned uh, a ship in a harbor is safe but that's not what ships are made for can you tell us about that quote and the other quote that is really relatable to you
1: so yeah both of these quotes the also the second one that uh what has reached you was never meant to miss you and what has missed you was never meant to uh, reach you and by uh, prophet muhammad and uh, also the ship in harbor safe and but this is not what the ships are made for i feel like both of these quotes complete each other because um for the for the uh, the ship and harbor quote uh, I feel like if you stay in your comfort zone you're not gonna you're gonna be you're gonna be happy you're gonna be comfortable obviously but you're not going to be doing anything new if you keep doing the same thing if you're going to uh, keep doing the same habits that you do uh, you're not learning and um, you're you're never going to learn in your comfort zone this is a never this is a case you're never going to learn in your comfort zone you need to uh, you need to go out of your comfort zone and uh, in Basically, the way to learn is to be uncomfortable. and um, But also, you need to keep in mind that, um, yeah, you do get out of your comfort zone. But sometimes, for example, you get out of your comfort zone to apply for a job, but you don't get that job. And uh, this is where the second quote comes in. And uh, what has reached you was never meant to miss you. And uh, what has missed you was never meant to reach you is that there? Uh, as long as you did what you could, as long as you tried to learn, you went out of your comfort zone, as long as you did so, definitely there is going to be a payback for that. Definitely, um, like, if you don't get accepted into uh, an, a job that you've wanted, you're going to get a, another job. You've uh, Because you've worked, you're going to get another one. Like, um, I obviously have applied to uh, a lot of internships that... Uh, that I have not been accepted, uh, that I have been rejected from. But at the end of the day, I kept, uh, I kept understanding that, yeah, okay, this maybe was not meant to be for me. And uh, when something else comes, like, for example, when you finally land the, the, the job that you've wanted, you need to also break out of the, uh, okay, maybe I'm not good enough for this. Maybe I, uh, like, you know, the imposter syndrome that you get, because this wasn't this was meant for you like you got and you got the job so that means that you're fit for it so this is something that i remind myself sometimes i've been having i, I could have these imposter syndrome imposter syndrome thoughts but uh, at the end of the day you've got you've got it and that means you're capable
0: so um yeah. That brings me to another quotation by Richard Branson, who says, opportunities are like a bus, there always will be another one. Definitely, yeah. There you go. So, yeah I wanted to ask you the question that we started asking during the pandemic, and we continue to ask. If you had opportunity to travel anywhere in the world and have a private breakfast with anybody in the world, who would you choose and where would you invite them to?
1: Uh, I would actually choose uh, Jan Likun. He is uh, one of the pioneering figures in AI. He's uh, one of the really important people that uh, in AI that uh, made a huge difference and contributed a lot to AI. And uh, <laughs> I would love to have a breakfast with him in uh, a local uh, or a traditional Egyptian food in uh, breakfast in Egypt. And uh, I feel like it'd be like in uh, maybe in Tunis, uh, a village, small village called Tunis in Fayoum. It's uh, very calm. It's very, it's very beautiful. And um, yeah, I would love to uh, have a chat with him and uh, understand more about his thoughts in AI, his journey in AI, and uh, what he thinks about AI in general, this is the future of AI. And uh, he's obviously he's done so much research, he's done so many contributions, and it will definitely be
0: a a huge uh, honor to speak with him. Fantastic, we wish you uh, every success, and hopefully you will have a chance to meet with him personally. I also am hopeful that one of these days we will be able to meet somewhere in physical location allowing for Google woman tech makers to set it up uh, sometime in the future. So Halia Halia was a guest today and that's it. And uh, uh, there is another quote I wanted to mention. Artificial intelligence is the only remedy for natural stupidity, as C.J. Cherick says. And that's it from episode 119 of the PhD live stream, thanks to our guest, Sohalia Diab. To stay updated and ensure you never miss a positivity hack delivered, follow Women on IT to turn on notifications and be alerted once a video has been released we have no episode next week because it's first of november i hope you're gonna have a fantastic time i am sending you greetings from beautiful nottingham in the no uh, in the in the beautiful countryside in england and thank you so much for our great commenters and great questions from um jane natalie lianta olga vasina and mary it's been a pleasure i hope uh, that you will always stick to the positivity quote and if you don't like something change it if you can't change it change your attitude as maya angelou says today is your day to hug the future hug the positivity you want thank you